When I first became a pastor, I kind of thought, I didn't like it, to be honest with you, because, you know, uh, when you become a pastor, it's just like the things that you do, people just expect you to do it. Sure. As opposed to just being a guy that loves Jesus. The reality of God living on the inside of me, him changing me from the inside out, makes me great at what I do at Two Men in the Trucks. Wake me up when September ends. Well, we are uh, still in the month of September. I'm your host for Run the Race today, Jason Dennis. And uh, we're enjoying this a uh, little more like fall-like weather uh, here in uh, Georgia and Alabama after a pretty hot summer. I know running outside, it feels a lot better out there, but uh, who knows? Maybe the warm temperatures uh, will come back. But I uh, hope you are having a, a great day, great week, great month. And um, we have a, a great guest for you today, uh, a, a young man who is a pastor, but also a general manager at a business here locally. And he's going to talk uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, just Juggling your work, your faith, uh, other different jobs, and you know, being a, a husband or a wife, a father, mother, along with that, the importance of God's word, and uh, also um, the importance of uh, you know sharing your faith wherever you are, which can include work. And uh, but before I introduce uh, the guest for today, I want to remind you uh, that you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts and listen to this one or Spotify, wherever else and uh, your favorite platform. And But on Apple, specifically, that purple microphone on your iPhone, you can go and uh, search Run the Race and uh, pan down, and it gives you opportunity to write a review. We'd love for you to write a couple sentences if you'd like to listen. Uh, we'd love to, uh, for you to share it with other friends using hashtag Run the Race as we talk about fitness and faith here on a regular basis. I want to read to you uh, a few recent reviews. I've had about 70 ratings here on Apple. Uh, this one coming from V Marto. It says, I love how Jason makes the interview feel like an informal conversation that uplifts and inspires people while glorifying God. Great job. Another one from uh, Jim MD says, Run the Race is a podcast by news anchor Jason Dennis filled with inspiring stories about emotional journeys and the power of faith to transform lives. Highly recommend. And another one uh, comes from uh, Mikey Marshall. says, Jason's a faithful and trusted voice in his local community. He does such an incredible job interlacing faith and fitness in a way that welcomes a diverse audience, I am a fan. So thank you so much, everybody, for uh, writing, taking the time to write a review. Uh, I'd love to give you a shout-out on a future episode as well, so make sure to put something out there on uh, Apple Podcasts. Love to hear from you, and uh, keep, keep those uh, hits coming, uh, downloads, and and uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast as well, uh, wherever you listen to this. And uh, listening now to our next guest for uh, this episode of Run the Race is Tyrone Baskin, who is uh, you know known as the King of High Fives uh, at his work. He is a general manager in Columbus, Georgia, at Two Men and a Truck, where he's worked for close to 17 years, uh, working his way up from part-time mover to driver, then trainer, then ops manager, and now again as GM. He graduated from Columbus High School uh, here in Columbus, Georgia, attended uh, some years at Columbus Technical College, has been married now for six years, just celebrating an anniversary. They have three kids and two grandchildren. He's also, when he's not working at Two Men in a Truck, he's the pastor at Christ Alone Ministries in Columbus, Georgia. That's been for the last nine years he's done that. He was ordained as a minister back in October of 2014. He also helps out 
at uh, organizations like Take the City with outreach and prayer. His passion is really teaching God's Word and loving to see people who are weary and heavy laden lifted up by the Word and the love of God. So here's my conversation with uh, Tyrone about all things work, faith, and play. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tyrone Baskin, uh, for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Your, your, your beard looks better than mine does. <laughs> start somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Well, first of all, um, you know, I just introduced you on, here on the podcast, and one of the things, you know, that the bio says online about you at your current job mm-hmm. is you are the self-proclaimed king of high fives. Tell me, how, how did you come about that? Are you a very cheerful guy, and you, yes. you give a lot of high fives in and out of work? Yes. So it was mostly at work. Um, so I'd, I'd go around. Around. This is pre-COVID, of course, uh, but I, I would go around and I would high-five everybody multiple times a day. Some people loved it. Some people would be like, oh, "Here he comes again." But just I think I think morale is really important. So I like to give out high fives. I like to check on people. I just like to touch people. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Why is that so important in terms of like you know is that contagious? Is that something that you feel like is is purposeful that mm-hmm. and you want to you know, spread that joy? Maybe even like you know uh, kind of a way to witness to folks. Yeah. I I think so. I think so. I think I just started off because honestly, I'm just a little goofy at the truth of tote. Uh, so that's just kind of how I get down. But I noticed uh, that it became something that people look forward to. And it's something that the owner of Two Minute Truck just loved because he's really big on morale and vibe is what we call it. Um, so like it just it fit. So we love it. Now, what do you? What about people that are not so cool with like you know? Uh, maybe they just are a little more like Eeyore, and they're yeah. just kind of a little more uh, you know not not wanting to high five. Do you do you just kind of <laughs> lay off, or do you kind of win them over a little bit? Well, it, it's really funny because there was a lady at our office who we we jokingly called Eeyore. She's passed on now, and we jokingly called her. But she, when I come around the corner, she'd have her little hand up and she'd be ready. So we always had people that that you know for the most part, I'd say ninety five percent love it, and there was a couple of people that you know would rather fist bump or it actually um uh there was one young lady used to work there instead of a high five because she was kind of a german folk uh she would we would do the konnichiwa that was (laughs) that was just our thing so we we have you know if i can't high five you then we just made up something just some some way of greeting checking on you for the day you could have a secret handshake with some people right 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 all the above right (laughs) we give like when the guys come in in the morning we give out pounds now it's just call them by the name it's just Little touches, let him know we see him. Yeah, so important mm-hmm. to, to have that camaraderie, whether it be work, church, or whatever else. I know maybe this is an old school thing, but I know at churches, you know, growing up, and maybe this was the case for you as well, there was moments in the service where maybe after worship mm-hmm. where they said, hey, take a few minutes, yes. greet your neighbor, maybe somebody you don't know, give right. them a high five or a hug or something like that. I think that's important too, like you said, that that uh, that touch, yeah. if people are comfortable with it, right? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, the, the churches that I've been around in Columbus, one one that is famous for it, uh, Pastor Katori. I don't know if you know him or not. Pastor Katori at uh, For All Nations Church. He's got a, a, a section in his church right after worship where everybody goes around and loves each other. And it's just, it's great. I love it. Human touch is just, I think it's underrated. It's just really underrated. So I, I, I love it. I think, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard it said that if, you know, if you leave babies in a room by themselves, then when you come in back in, they'll, you know, have mass together or huddled together. It's just like, it's something that I think we need. Yeah. Yeah. We are we are meant to do life together. And it Absolutely. talks about that in the Bible, too. You know, right. uh, wherever two or more are gathered. And, and just it talks about, you know, that we're, you know, in isolation, unfortunately, with COVID. Yeah. Uh, that drove more of us to isolation. Right. But thank God we are we seem to be out of that 
uh, for at least like the last year or more, yeah. finally out of that, able to kind of reconnect again, right? Right, right. It's so important, man. And it kind of saddens me now because I see people taking more of a self-train, uh, for lack of a better word. They just kind of, everybody wants to go and do their own thing. But I kind of think, honestly, not not like pronouncing anything or judging those people, but it's just like, I kind of think that there's something broken in them um, that makes them desire that. I don't think that's what the, we what we want. It's almost like a, a, a I always talk to, uh, you know, young ladies and, you know, some of the young ladies at my church and I tell them, I was like, you know, uh, they may have bad ideas about marriage or something like that now. And I was like, but you didn't have that as a little girl. When you were a little girl, you was planning your marriage and you knew who it wanted to be and you had your Ken dolls or whatever it was. But somewhere along the line, life just kind of beats you up to where you stop expecting things. So I think the people who kind of isolate themselves, not all, of course, uh, but a lot of people who kind of isolate themselves, they're just so beat down by life that, you know, the group thing just doesn't work anymore because they've been disappointed. So yeah. it just kind of leads you into prayer, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk in this next little bit about, you know, uh, people that are weary and, mm-hmm. uh, and and how God's word can lift them up, yes. hopefully. And now that's one of your passions. And yes. uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, your day job as a, uh, you know, and, and along with being a pastor and different life lessons from faith and fitness. But I want to talk first about um, the fact that you are general manager and have been for close to 17 years um, working for two men in a truck here in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, you also have obviously your faith in Christ is mm-hmm. instrumental, is very important in your right. life. So how do you, how do the two meet? I mean, do you is it kind of like a, a separation? Like, OK, I'm I'm Tyrone, the employee, the GM. I'm Tyrone, the Christian. Or is it all kind of Merge together, and, and how do you do that as a as a as a you know a leader uh, and a, a, as an employer, but also as you know you want to represent Jesus. Ah, uh, that's, that, I think that's a really great question. Uh, so uh, I, I haven't I didn't start off as general manager at Two Men in a Truck. I just started off uh, on the trucks part time, and uh, you know within about three years time, I think I, I was offered a position. Um, on the inside, you know, operations and just kind of work my way up. But um, my point in saying that is that I think I've always just kind of been the same guy. Um, so I'm not the guy that's on the truck preaching at everybody, you know, nothing wrong with that. If that's your style, then do your thing. But I'm, I'm just not that guy. Uh, but I'll kind of give you biblical wisdom without quoting the scripture at you. Um, so as far as um, just, you know, the, the work in I'm just I'm just me. It's exhausting to try to be two different people. So sure. I, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just me. So, um, you know, uh, of course, you know, the, the spirit of God living on the inside of us, man, it just helps you to navigate certain situations. Well, like one of the things that um, that that my boss is always talking to me about, he's like, man, you really handle angry customers. Well, I actually kind of enjoy it because, you know, people who reach out to me, they have an issue. And nine times out of ten, if you just address that issue, they're not angry anymore. So it's just like if you can just hear those people out. And, and just really kind of redirect it and, and solve the problem, then we're usually golden. And I know that the reason why I don't react and get angry and stuff like that is because God's living on the inside of me. Um, so I think that, you know, my faith and, and the reality of God living on the inside of me, him changing me from the inside out, makes me great at what I do at Two Men in the Truck. So it's just, I just think that, that the reality of Christ living on the inside of us should make us better wherever we are. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Christian faith is kind of like the checks and balances. Like Absolutely. maybe you feel that anger or you feel that frustration yeah. spilling up, and then it's like the Holy Spirit kind of you know it kind of stops you. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, Tyrone. Like let's let's take let's take a beat, let's take mm-hmm. a breath here, and let's figure out you know kind of uh, you know how I can help give you wisdom to you know say the right things to this person. Yeah. And like you said, you know, solving problems for customers. And I know that like it talked about your bio online about um, it's you know exceeding customers 
those expectations yes. mm-hmm. and how you know God does that for us too like yes. that we things that we don't deserve right um, and you know he surpasses like sometimes we think okay God can you help me with this and he says okay I'm gonna do one better I'm gonna yeah. make it even better than you thought it would be right so um, for you you know do you kind of go into your job and like is there something that you do like uh, on a daily basis walking in to kind of prepare yourself like for the battlefield whether it be mm-hmm. as two men in truck or the spiritual battlefield yeah well I, I, I try to spend that quiet time in the morning like I, I just feel like it's really important because when the day takes off it takes off like there's no telling you know when you're going to be able to sit down and have a quiet moment so I try to you know spend that time in the morning where I can just really just sit down and just remember what's important remember what's what um, and then so by the time I get to work I'm up and I'm ready and I've you know got my head in the right place and generally I'm okay um, now I do notice that if I don't get that time, then I'm a lot less patient and I'm a lot less. So you can really tell the difference there. But I think that when I when I'm really on my game, like first thing in the morning, I get up and I spend that quiet time and I just enjoy it. And then I go to work and everything's where it needs to be. Yeah, and for people mm-hmm. that are listening and they hear whether they are a Christian or maybe they're they're you know kind of interested in maybe going to church and they hear the terms like quiet time. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you in terms of if people are are not familiar? Okay, what do I do? Do I just open up the Bible and mm-hmm. start reading something, or am I you know kind of looking at a devotional? Like so, what does right. that what does that quiet time look like for you? I love it. I think it could be either of the above, but for me, I really enjoy. Uh, it's it's kind of cheesy, but I say it. Um, I, I have this thing. The Lord gave me this 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 idea, right? We never go anywhere. We we always have our charging cord somewhere close to us, right? So if you see me at Take the City, you see me somewhere. You may see me with this little rope, and it's got like a little uh, little tape on the end to keep it from unraveling. But for me, that's just kind of my personal reminder that I need to stop and plug in from time to time. So in the morning, I get up and I go sit on the couch and I let the dog out the whole nine yards, but. Then I grab onto that rope purposely and I make sure that it's touching me somewhere, like on my leg, got it in my hand. It's just like a physical reminder that I'm in this moment, I'm spending time with the Lord. And then it's prayer and then it's reading the Bible. And, you know, if something sticks out to me, then I'll stop right there and talk to the Lord about that scripture. Um, If it doesn't, I'll just keep reading. It just, just, I think the important thing is just spending that time. What does the Bible call it? Abiding, right? It says, if you abide in me and I in you, then you'll bear the fruit that, that I've uh, ordains you to bear so it's just like just spending time yeah. I almost look at it like a natural relationship you know me and my wife don't have a prescribed thing that we do you know we just hang out sometimes we'll talk sometimes we'll wrestle sometimes whatever you know but watch we just, TV watch TV we just spend time together you know I say wrestle because I'm goofy my wife will probably <laughs> she, she's gonna <laughs> yeah. hear this and she's gonna be like uh huh <laughs> well, we, we wrestle <laughs> yeah I, I love to rough my wife up and just I'm, I, I watch too much wrestling as a kid <laughs> and by the way uh, happy anniversary uh, I think this episode will come out um, you know the, the, a, a few days or a week after we record it but mm-hmm. your anniversary was a Saturday September 16th so yes. six years happily six married years. and mm-hmm. uh, have a uh, um, you guys have uh, three kids and two grandchildren, right? Yes. Well, that keeps you busy, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's interesting. Um, the, the the children are not mine biologically, but I don't believe in stepchildren. So yeah. uh, I stepped in, and um, uh, it's just it's been a ride. I'll be I'll be honest. It's been kind of up and down because I went from single and celibate for fourteen years to now married with three kids, and soon after came the grandkids. So it was a, it was a huge learning curve. 
Uh, but I think I learned more about myself in that time than I learned about anything else. Yeah, it's like uh, half of the Brady Bunch. You, know, you, you came in and, uh, <laughs> and and were inserted into the situation. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, that's great about the the quiet time. I think those are those are lessons well learned. Kind of plugging in and figuring out and and uh, and having that prescribed like a, a scheduled time, like making an appointment almost. Like Absolutely. like you have a meeting and you know and not that you have to do it. Right. But you feel like okay, well, I'm going to try to do this without distractions. And some yeah. people say you know move your phone like you know turn it off Mm -hmm. put it in another room something so that like because a lot of times we're uh, maybe tempted to check the text or something you know notification goes off something like that i think it's more about uh, quality than quantity so you know it doesn't have to be two hours three hours or whatever it could be five minutes but just make sure that you're connecting in that time so i'm with you just put your phone away just really intentional god i'm here to spend this time with you whether it's five or fifty minutes but I can't start my day without you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so, no, the guys uh, and, and ladies at work, I mean, do they know, okay, you know, uh, Tyrone's our general manager, but he's also a pastor. He's also mm-hmm. a guy that loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is that something that they know? And so maybe maybe some of them maybe that are perhaps not Christian, they'll still maybe approach you if they've got issues or if they mm-hmm. need prayer for something. Is that something that you enjoy kind of being known for that, I guess? I do. I do. When I first became a pastor, I kind of thought, I didn't like it, to be honest with you, because, you know, uh, when you become a pastor, it's just like the things that you do, people just expect you to do it. Sure. As opposed to just being a guy that loves Jesus. Um, but being in that position, um, I do see the benefits that come with it, the leadership, the the trust that people have. So I do see people, everybody from, you know, in office people that will come and just throw up on me is what we call it. You just come and just spill out. I, I can take it. Come on. Um, and then the guys on the back on the truck, sometimes they'll come in and they'll talk to me and they'll confide in me. And I, I really do enjoy that trust. I really do. And do you um, you feel like a certain pressure that like okay I have to be I'm 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 you you have a certain roles or as a pastor okay you're doing these duties at church or on a Sunday but mm-hmm. do you I mean pastors are kind of pastors all the time <laughs> <laughs> right so right. do you feel a, a certain pressure and do you kind of find ways to kind of help take care of yourself and unplug a little bit mm-hmm. yeah I used to be very terrible about not doing it phone always ringing always distracted pulled in a million different directions but now. I will sneak away and go fishing in the New York second. <laughs> so I definitely understand that, you know, if you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's, you know, that time in the morning is very important. And then just unplugging, me and my wife going out of town, you know, uh, we're about to head down to Destin, Florida and head in just a little while. So just pulling away, turning everything off is very important too. Gotcha, gotcha. So it'd be like one man, one woman in a truck, right? Yeah, That's instead it. of two men in a truck. That's it. One man, one woman in my truck and then we out of here. That's right. <laughs> um, and, you know, we were talking off mic about the things that you're passionate about. You were telling me, you know, the passion is simply teaching God's word and really yes. – you know, we talked about people that are weary and heavy mm-hmm. laden. It talks specifically, those words are used in the Bible. Right. Um, and you enjoy seeing them lifted up by the word and, and, and uh, by the love of God. And, you know, your job mm-hmm. is, l- you know, lifting things, you know, yeah. two men in a truck. You guys help people move from one place to another. Right. It's like a bridge. And, and so it's, I, I guess, very symbolic mm-hmm. that, you know, um, you want uh, people to know that, too, that God can lift those burdens. Absolutely. Those not, not maybe not necessarily boxes that are you know where you're or furniture but it's kind of the more of the emotional burdens right. that people have so for you um, why is that so important to you I just I just love it um, I, I know there's so much power in the word of God I know there's so much power in the spirit of God and I've literally had people that have called me like broken in tears can't breathe just completely overwhelmed 
and then you just simply remind them of what the word says not not just quoting scripture at them but just like this is what the word says this is how god feels about you this is this is what god will do for you this is this is who he is you know um and there, there's a scripture that i love in psalm 103 and it says um it says that he made known his acts to the children of israel and he made known his ways to Moses. So the children of Israel only knew that God was sovereign, that he was powerful, that he beat up the Egyptians and all that stuff. But Moses knew God's heart and that made all the difference in the world. So when I can give people God's heart, like I've seen them, like I said, call me, can't breathe. By the time we get done talking on the telephone, I'm just expounding on the word and praying and they, I can breathe at the end of the conversation. There's, there's nothing more satisfying than that for me. And do you find that, you know, I mean, and, and you've, like you said, been ordained and been a pastor for uh, close to nine years mm -hmm. now. And, um, you know, we've been through COVID. Uh, we just had, you know, 9-11, 20-something mm -hmm. years ago. Right. So have you found that, you know, the, the weariness and just life beating you up, do you, have you found that that's um, uh, something that's growing or that, that um, in our world today? I think so. I think so. I think that hopelessness is growing. I think that... You know, people don't really have any solid foundation or anything to really sink their teeth into um, or put their trust in. So uh, I, I do think it is. I think a, a lot of people have some sort of spirituality that they're clinging to uh, that kind of leaves them empty. And they have some form of religion, you know, that just becomes kind of moralism where I'm it almost just becomes another set of rules to keep. So I don't go to hell. And it's just like that's a burden. That's what Jesus was talking about. Uh, so I see it growing these days, and it's just like that shows that there's a growing need for us to be out there um, giving people hope, giving people Jesus, showing people the way. Yeah, and, and do you find that, um, I mean, do you, do, you, do you have hope that things can get better? I mean, because, you know, um, you know, sometimes you say, you hear things like it'll get worse before it gets better. Right. But do you have hope that, like, we, you know, uh, people's. I mean, I guess there's always going to be issues for folks, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. but but there's you know hope that um, I mean Jesus Jesus is coming back. We just don't know when. Right, right, right. Well, I think I think that uh, may sound cliche, but I think the light shines brightest in the darkness. Mm. So so as the as as the darkness grows, as we read, read in Isaiah, as the darkness grows, and you know the light should shine all the brighter. So I, I'm I'm pretty hopeful. I know things are terrible, and we see terrible things every day, but we also see amazing testimonies and we also see great breakthroughs you're you're accustomed to them uh but it's just more appealing to look at the bad stuff than you know the the stuff that's breaking through yeah and uh, mm -hmm. i know you are um you know along with being you know a uh, a husband a dad uh, a general manager a pastor <laughs> all the different hats that you wear right. um you also help out with different um organizations that are you know faith minded mm -hmm. um, like take the city that, right. that you and I have both been a part of for for years. Um, do you see you know the uh, how important are organizations like that nonprofits that are kind of on the ground mm -hmm. doing the the dirty work you I might say? You. I, man, I could talk for an hour on take the city, so please stop <laughs> me. But um, I, I, I remember when I first met Andrew and crew from Take the City, it was at Revival on the River like years and years ago, and uh, I got plugged in and man literally my life has changed since i've been around take the city it's just been amazing to see the boots on the ground to see you know churches that were formerly separated now communicating and talking to each other and you know uh members of the church talking to each other doing things uh it's just been amazing so i think that those types of ministries are imperative and 
the fruit of that has been shown in just the change that we've seen in Columbus. And I know you guys meet uh, Christ Alone Ministries, uh, meet there at the House of Prayer mm-hmm. at Take the City Off of 2nd Avenue in Columbus. And mm-hmm. so folks are definitely uh, welcome to, to go there and attend. And, and uh, I was a part of the board for a while. And you were talking about Andrew Chalmers. He mm-hmm. was one of the guests on this podcast years ago and has an amazing story and testimony. Right. Uh, but they, you know, their their mission is, you know, uni- unifying the churches mm-hmm. and doing outreaches to right. <laughs> areas that are, um, you know, maybe, you know, not the areas that you would maybe, uh, you know, uh, go to normally. Mm-hmm. And it's going everywhere, you know, yeah. in, in Phoenix City and Columbus. And uh, what's the importance of that? Because some folks may not feel comfortable, you know, kind of walking up to strangers or may right. not feel comfortable talking about Jesus because they like, well, people are going to think I'm this re- religious freak or yeah. they or they think that I want something or I want them to come attend church and pay right. tithes or something like that. So right. how do you get people past that right well i think i think it's um uh, take the city does a great job of pairing you with someone who's experienced uh so that if you are uncomfortable you just want to go out then you can just go out and kind of shadow people and the leader will get you involved you know he won't just throw you out there but they'll get you involved and i think it's just really uh one thing that i love to do when we go out is just ask people if they need prayer and i mean who doesn't these days right so mm-hmm. you start off with the conversation about prayer uh, see if they'll open up and, and, and speak to you about some things. And a lot of times they won't. They're just like, okay, you can pray for me. And then you start praying and then they see that you don't want anything. And then sometimes they open up right after prayer and be like, well, since we're praying, let me talk to you about this, that, and the other. So um, oftentimes I have a joke. It's kind of cheesy. Uh, but whenever I ask somebody if they want prayer and they be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, well, will you pray for me then? Like, if your life is perfect, then <laughs> pray for my life to be <laughs> perfect right. too. And that usually kind of tears down walls. But you know, just letting them know, like, I, I don't want anything from you. We're just out here showing love. That's, yeah. that's how we're doing. And yeah, that, so that's usually effective. And sometimes, you know, picking up trash, offering up bottled waters, you know, things that are tangible things that people can use. Yeah. And uh, do you think, you know, obviously Take the City and other groups and then hopefully the church, it's all about breaking down those those walls Absolutely. and, and get, being outside the church beyond the four walls. And it can also break down, you know, racial barriers. Yes. And, and so important because sometimes things are so separate that, like, you know, um, you know, um, black and white. And, and, and so do you think that that's important, too, that Christ wants us to and not see color and be together? Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. And that's another thing I think that Take the City does a really good job of is, like, you'll see everybody represented at, you know, harvest night on Thursday night when we're praying and, you know, when people are going out, you'll see everybody represented there. And I think that's what the, well, I know that's what the kingdom of God looks like. You know, it's not just my section, your section. Like when we get to heaven, we're not going to be sectioned off <laughs> by, by anything. It won't be races. It won't be denominations. It won't be any of that stuff. We'll be there and we'll be worshiping God. Why not start now? Yeah. Some people have big beards like, <laughs> right. like, uh, like Tyrone. <laughs> right. I already got started with my heaven. You, you said that you have a, it's, it's a, a baby face without yeah, it. Right? I, I look, I look weird. It's just. I look I look really strange. Last time I shaved my beard, um, I went to go see uh, my nephew uh, at his church, and I walked up on him, and he just stared at me, and <laughs> just like, <laughs> what is that? And I was like, okay, yeah. So As long as your wife's okay with the beard. Oh, she loves it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Happy wife, happy life. Happy yeah. wife, happy life. <laughs> I usually fight over that statement, but I'll I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, and uh, we were talking about, you know, moments that maybe were life-changing for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were telling me, I guess it was 15 plus years ago, getting dumped. Yeah. You know, and, and when we go through things in life, you know, like, you know, oh, I think we're in, I'm in love or something like that. 
that. And a lot of people can relate that are listening to the podcast that like kind of going through relationships and things kind of take a turn and, and end. Yeah. And it's almost like you're grieving uh, yeah. a loss. So uh, was that something for you that was just kind of like, okay, you know, uh, you know, changing your direction, I mm-hmm. guess? Well, um, Trying not to go back too far. So I was raised in church, right? I um, uh, went to Canaan Baptist Church right over here. So you uh, raised here in Columbus, Georgia? Mm-hmm, okay. In the Columbus area. So I went to church over there uh, all my life pretty much until I turned 16, and then I started doing my own thing. So I met this young lady, and she was going to a church, and so that's how I started going back to church, right? Uh, so I'm in church, and, you know, I'm arrogant, thinking I know everything. Oh, you do too much. It don't take all of that. I've been in church my whole life, that whole thing. Uh, so we were in a relationship for about five years, and I was one foot in the church and one foot in the world doing whatever I wanted to do. She finally got sick of it and said, enough is enough, and it just destroyed me. So um, after that, I started going back to church, but I'll admit that in the beginning it was just about, you know, keeping her attention uh, but then I really did started to encounter Jesus for real. Um, so it was so life changing. Like it was like you said, a loss. It was like grieving. It was like just. Ugh. And then after that, Jesus just started to build me back up. So that was that was really a good turning point for me. Because you needed maybe to lose that so you could kind of refocus because you talked about how falling in love uh, for real with yeah. Jesus back in 2010. Yeah. And so what, what was that? Was there something that just clicked or was uh. there uh, where you – because a lot of people maybe – uh, say they believe mm-hmm. or they may go to church, you know, once a week or once a year or whatever. Yeah. But what's, you know, there's a difference between religion and relationship. Truth. Truth. Yeah. So I think, I think that 26, uh, 2006 getting dumped, it just really, it really broke my pride because I was, I was pretty prideful. I didn't realize it, but I was, I was really a prideful guy. And uh, I think what I walked away from was just really more moralism where I'm just thinking that I'm good enough and, you know that God's gonna let me in because I'm a good guy. Good you know? works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the whole nine yards. I'm better than this person. You know, you just you, you see all of that stuff after God breaks you down. Uh, but I'd say around 2010 um, is when I started going to church with Fall Nations. The gentleman I opened, uh, I mentioned earlier today, Pescatori. And uh, man, I'm, I'm in there. I'm thinking I know everything about everything. You know, I wrote. You know, I, I might as well have wrote the Bible. I've been in church my whole <laughs> life. I'm just so arrogant. But I got there and I met just such genuine people that really love God. It was. It was. They loved people so hard that it was completely uncomfortable for me in the beginning. And I was like, this is strange. Is this a cult or something? <laughs> like, what is going on? But it, it was just genuine love. I remember the, one of the first Saturdays I was there. Um, and a young lady came in and she was uh, at the altar and she said that she was really serious about the Lord and she went out to a car and she came back in with a bottle of ENJ and my religious senses were going bananas like you can't bring that in the church but what I was missing was that she was turning her back on that and giving her life to Jesus and it was just so many genuine people there that it just wrecked me and I, I feel like I was really starting from the bottom and getting built back up and I really fell in love with Jesus in that time. Yeah and like you were saying earlier at the beginning of our conversation that that a man, it, it's it can be exhausting to try mm-hmm. to be two different people. Absolutely, and I mean that's whether you're talking about your job or whatever else. And if you like, you know, kind of um, you know say one thing or do one thing on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then turn around and do something different on a Friday night, you right. know, it's you know it's it can that can be tough because you're almost like you're you're trying to hide yeah. and trying to you're living kind of that those two lives. Yeah. And so for you, that was kind of that moment where it's like, okay, well I can be Tyrone yeah. and and a Christian mm-hmm. and 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 not have to like you know um kind of think that i'm the one in charge right yeah yeah and it was nice it was really nice because for such a long time i was in control and i was trying to decide this and i was trying to do that and it's exhausting uh but when i really just gave it all over to him like he gave me purpose and he gave me identity and 
he gave me reason and it's just so much peace in that. Yeah. It's, it's really a lot of peace in that. That's good. That's good. Well, hopefully all of us can do that, you mm-hmm. know, and the name of your church, Christ Alone Ministries. I'm not sure if you came up with that, mm-hmm. Cam or Cam Fam, but mm-hmm. what's the, the the purpose or the the meaning behind the name? I mean, it's fairly obvious, Christ Alone, right. but what's the, what, 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 what should people take from that? Well, um, uh, it, we actually, did the, the young lady that, that helped us start the church, uh, Mama Anita Hall, we call her Mama Anita. Uh, she was the one that came up with the name of the church um, in the beginning. And I think I think it's just it's just Jesus like it's 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 Christ and it's him alone. Uh, We know about, you know, there's Jesus plus this and Jesus plus that and my works and all this. And it's like, no, it's just Jesus. So that's that's where the name came from. It's just like my hope is in him. So when I stand before the Lord and he says, why should I let you in? I can't be like, well, I went to church and I pastored and I went out and take the city and I talked to Jason and Jesus. It's yeah. him alone. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, we are his uh, hands and feet, right? Absolutely. We, we are we are trying to trying to you know do things for him and and uh, and you know because this life is temporary. I mean, yeah. we're here for who knows how long sixty, right. eighty, ninety years, and right. uh, it's gone in a blink. You know? Right. So, and do you feel like that? Like you know, back to kind of the the high five thing. And mm-hmm. do you feel like that? Okay, listen, I got this one life, you know, and you know, and you say to yourself, Tyrone, I, I need to you know spread joy. Mm-hmm. To people, whether it be you know coworker, customer, somebody at my church, somebody to take the city, is that something that you feel like you're consciously trying to do? I think so. I think sometimes it becomes organic. Now, of course, I always, I don't always. And sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm human like everybody else. So some days I'm a hermit. I'm just in my office with my doors closed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but I think it just comes out organically. You know, yeah. uh, it, it comes out of an overflow. Like you're, you're excited about you know, life, you're excited about the Lord, you're excited about the family and the people that you're meeting and stuff like that. So it just kind of overflows out of it. Sometimes I just can't sit still. So I think it just kind of comes out of overflow a lot of times. Right. And, and that's something else that I know you said you're, you get excited about, you know, you, you on, on your, on your own time, you love to go out uh, fishing, mm-hmm. spending time with family, getting mm-hmm. ready to go on a, a trip with your wife, mm-hmm. but also uh, kind of working out. Uh, yes. So fitness, uh, I know you said that weightlifting has been something that I mm-hmm. guess has been something you like to do. Uh-huh. Or? Okay. Uh-huh. Not, not running. <laughs> no, not running at all. No, uh, I've always hated running. Probably what I need to be doing though. But I've always loved weightlifting. Like I was when I was a kid, I was in the He Man, and you know, all the, they set us up, man. They put He Man in front of us and all these big muscle bound dudes. So how could I not want to be anything? I have but the power, <laughs> right? He was one of my favorites. So like as a kid, I really wanted to be you know huge and buff. And then like um, junior high school and high school, this is pretty funny. I'll be transparent. Uh, I started uh, getting chubby. I was eating too much, and I, I started to get you know boobies. <laughs> so I started. Go. Man boobs. Yeah, man boobs. People would make fun of me. So I started going to the gym because like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to get all buff and all this stuff. So that's where it started. Yeah. Um, and then like. That was the pride. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. The, the, the same pride that I was talking about, trying to prove something to somebody. So that's where it started. And then I just kind of fell in love with it. You know, I made some, some really good friends. Um, we would meet up and go to the gym and work out all the time. And it just became an obsession. So we were in the gym working out like we were getting ready for a show. Um, and then life happens and, you know, you get married and you gain a couple of pounds and all that stuff. But I'm still in there lifting weights. Uh, but it's like now I need it. I really need to shift my attention more to cardio, um, which is my doctor telling me. It's like you, you just don't need to be as heavy as you are. Sure, you can bench press 300 pounds, but 
what good is that? Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's right. So it's like if you want longevity, then you need to drop some pounds. So that's what I'm working on now. Yeah, kind of the, cardio the diversity of it. You know? Absolutely. And so now do you, as GM, are you getting, uh, uh, are you mostly working in the office or do you get that workout of like lifting stuff and going out on on uh, helping people move? And stuff? Right. Mostly in the office now. Okay. If, gotcha. if I'm going to move, something went wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, like, a couple people called out. Sick, right. Right. Yeah. right. So I'm mostly in the office now. I try to make it a point to not just be sedentary. So I get up and walk around a lot, high fives, um, stuff like that. But um, I try to, like, usually I work out on my lunch break. Um, get a nice lunch break, go to Planet Fitness or wherever, get me a nice whatever, and then go back to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where do you see, you know, kind of life going next for you? Because I mean, obviously you have this general manager job and you're working as a pastor and, and, uh, and obviously with your family and stuff. So is this something that you continue kind of doing kind of all of the above, I guess? Mm -hmm. Well, I think so. I think so. For the immediate future, I just want to grow uh, with two men in a truck and help it grow and be everything that it can be. Um, because it's, for me, it's service oriented. Like we're not just here to turn a profit. Um, of course, that comes with it. But I think we're here to really be the best moving company in Columbus. I want us to give back. I want us to be known uh, as the movers who care. Like I, like that's that's important to me uh, that we have that footprint in Columbus. And of course, I want to see the church grow. Um, I'm not really, if I'm honest, I'm not really a mega church guy. Like I don't I don't really care if it turns into a three thousand. If if that's what God wants, hey, I'm all for it. But if I just go deep with ten people. I'm okay with that too. So whatever growth looks like in God's eye for Christ alone, I want to see it grow. Whatever God ordains for that, and of course I want to grow. Um, we we're, we're we're officially empty nesters now. So um, and getting to know my wife again um, because it's been kids, kids, kids. Uh, so getting to know my wife again, falling more in love with her is 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 it. So I guess just in all spheres, just growth. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that's so important. And so and 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 with that, you know, does it. Um, people kind of talk about this somewhat when they you know go to marriage conferences or something mm -hmm. like that. that. Is it something where I know you have your quiet time and, and where you you know prayer and reading the word and, and kind of talking to God? Mm -hmm. Do you and your wife kind of share some of that time together as well? Mm -hmm. Whether whether it be you know during church or, or uh, you know on your own time talking about uh, the word? Right. Well, definitely during church. Uh, my wife is like one of my biggest supporters. I'm I'm so grateful for her because like we'll get out of church. And she's like, babe, you, I, I had never understood that. And her father was a pastor, too. So she's got solid background. Um, so she was like, I didn't understand that. And, you know, that you did a good job with this. And I'm like, thanks, babe. So uh, we're just now getting to things are kind of crazy with kids around the house. Um, so yes. it's just, just buzz, you know, run here, there, the other, take this one here, take that one there. So it gets kind of crazy. But now we're purposing uh, to sit down and get into some reading and devotional stuff together. Um, so I, I definitely still have my quiet time because my wife is not a morning person. Uh, she she she's the person that's kind of sitting up and having her time at nighttime while I'm snoring, <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then I get up in the morning and I go spend time. But we we're purposing to come together now and do some stuff together. Yeah, well that look. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the empty nest thing. I've got two in college, so they're kind of still kind of holding on a little bit. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, but one last thing, you know, and we, you were talking about you know wanting that you know your job being a service job mm -hmm. and you know serving other people and how, you know, um, that can make you feel so much better than serving yourself. Absolutely. Even though that maybe that's our mindset, the flesh is like, okay, hey, do what you want right. to do. But if you're serving other people, and it talks in the Bible so much about that, but also about, it talks in the Bible about work yeah. and about doing, you know, your work 
to the best you can to the Lord. Absolutely. And so for you, is that important that like, okay, listen, I have this job, I'm committed to it, and, you know, part of what God wants me to do is do this as excellent as I can. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think a couple of things. I think, I think that it makes a difference. Like my performance at work, you know, I, I know that I'm representing the Lord. So it's like, you know, if I were to leave two men in the truck today or tomorrow, would, would, would the owner be like, I want to hire another Christian because Tyrone was amazing? Or, man, I ain't hired another Christian because this guy was just, whoa. And I don't ever want it to be the latter. I want it to be, I need somebody like, you know that knows Jesus apparently uh, so so that that would be a big thing and and you know when it when it comes to the service it's just like it should be what we do it should it should just kind of come out of us you know it just like I'm I, I really do want to make the owner's life a lot easier I want to see the people that are under me I want to see them grow and become the best versions of themselves um, I'd love to see them be that in Christ but you know we'll, we'll pray uh, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a decision that, that everybody has to make on their own absolutely. and then we're not saving folks I mean we're, right. we're we're helping but but it's the Holy Spirit and God just absolutely. making that happen we are just we're we're the helpers right <laughs> right absolutely so just helping everybody become the best version of themselves serving people um, using my gifts and talents that God has given me um, to, to help my brother, man. There, there's a scripture that we've been stuck on at, um, at uh, Christ Alone. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Um, and it says that the manifestation or the evidence or the outworking of the spirit living on the inside of us is uh, given to everybody for the profit of everybody. So the spirit of God working in me is is given to me so that I can profit my neighbor around me, and I know that's not just the people that are sitting next to me on the pews. That's everybody. Yeah. So like, he lives in me for the purpose of helping other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, if they they some people are listening to this podcast, and they're like, man, I want I want to go meet, I want to go see Tyrone. <laughs> so, what Christ Alone Ministries? If people want to come to a service, what mm-hmm. what are the days and times for that? Oh, we meet we meet on Sunday at um, we start at eleven. We get there usually at ten just to have some prayer time. So if you want to come in and pray with us, feel free. Uh, but we usually pray from like 10 to 11 and then we start at 11 um, and it usually runs to about maybe one o'clock um, and then Bible study is from six to eight so six to eight is prayer time we're part of the um, the uh, prayer wall that they have at um, take the city this so is on Sunday nights this is Wednesday night. Wednesday nights I'm Wednesday sorry, night yeah. uh-huh so uh, yeah uh, Brandon McKenzie the guy who runs the prayer room he yeah. wants to he wants to eventually get it to where it's 24 hours of prayer where different churches and different people are taking prayer time so yeah. we pray from six to seven as a part of the prayer wall and then from seven to eight, we have Bible study. And this is off of Second Avenue in Columbus at, at Take the City. So yep. hopefully, folks Avenue. can welcome to join you. And speaking of prayer, I usually uh, you know close every podcast out as we have done for almost four years now of this podcast with prayer. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to, to close us in prayer. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we just bless you and. God, I thank you for this time here today. God, thank you for being with us. Um, God, thank you for uh, Jason and uh, his ministry and God, everything that he does uh, for the city of Columbus and for the kingdom of God. And God, I just pray that um, whoever would hear this would be blessed. God, I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray that they would be strengthened. God, I pray that they would be stretched and challenged. God, those of us uh, that know Christ, God, I pray that we would be challenged to get out and to share uh, the love of God to share, to serve our fellow man. God, those that don't know you, God, I pray uh, that they would become curious about you, God, that they would even come after you. And God, I just pray that you would be glorified in everything that we do as we set our faces to seek you, to serve you, and to love you. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. And, 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 you know, I married a preacher's kid as well. So, really? uh, yeah. <laughs> got you a PK? <laughs> got me a PK, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, we, we thank you for all that you're doing, uh, not only through, you know, two men in a truck and, 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 you know, being uh, a, a light mm-hmm. uh, for that business, but also at being a pastor and being involved in so many different things. And important to take time for yourself and, and you and your wife and have a nice trip. Hopefully the weather will be nice and uh, sunny Florida for oh, you. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Tyrone. Appreciate it. Absolutely.